the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With the power of Tandem HR, you are in the fast lane on Main Street with Get Down to Business with Shalom Klein, the show for business and jobs. Now, the champion of networking, the advocate of jobs, the guru of business, your host, Shalom Klein. We are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, uh, at Shalom Klein. It's a live show. You can call us at 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. We've got a jam-packed lineup of guests for you today. You don't want to miss it. At the end of the program, I've got some tips, advice, and information. But as I mentioned, great jam-packed lineup of guests, including my very good friend and colleague, Mo Vela, former senior advisor to uh, both Vice Presidents Joe Biden and Al Gore, and the author of the uh, of a brand new best selling book, which uh, I hope we have an opportunity to talk about. So, Mo, welcome to get down to business. Hey, Shalom, how are you? Thank you for having me again. I'm fantastic. It's great to have you. On Thursday night, uh, my wife and I went to a play, Annie, and as Annie said, the sun will come out tomorrow. But I don't <laughs> believe we felt that way on uh, on Tuesday evening. It's just four or five days. Uh, uh, that, that were past uh, the election. What are your thoughts coming out from uh, from this very, 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 I think it's fair to say, interesting week? Yeah, interesting, I think, would be probably uh, a very diplomatic understatement, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, for, you know, I, I, as I go around uh, Washington, D.C. these last four, five days since the election, I, you know, I there are a lot of very sad faces. I, but to be really honest with you, I think, uh, the part that breaks my heart about this election um, is the fear. Uh, I have never seen that in my entire adult life, having been in, uh, involved in the, national, in the national political scene and having experienced Al Gore's loss in 2000 up front and personal. Um, I have never seen anything like this in the sense that um, people are expressing a very real fear um, they, uh, I mean, I got a call this morning uh, uh, from uh, folks in the LGBT community. Are the calls I'm seeing? I'm hearing calls from the Latino community. Um, frankly, even from business owners, because nobody really knows what to expect uh, because of the incredible vitriol um, and uh, blustery language of the campaign. Um, you know, I think everyone is um, worried. Frankly. Uh, worry is certainly a theme that I'm hearing as well. And the truth is we, we don't know a lot because this is a guy that, that has never held any elected office. The only uh, history that we have of him is the past year of campaigning. And, uh, most would argue and say that, uh, it's not a very positive, uh, history. Uh, so a, a term that's been thrown around quite a bit over the past, uh, over the past week is how he's going to drain the swamp, drain the swamp and, 
and basically start from scratch. And there's, I, I think, Mo, I, I think we can agree that change absolutely is is needed. We 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 need to continue to 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 make changes to improve our economy. We're a show all about small business. We need to find more creative ways to to help businesses grow. But Mo is the right way, really, to drain the swamp and empty out. Washington and uh, of as he says he's going to get rid of the lobbyists. You and I both agree that that's likely not going to happen. Well, look, it was a great political slogan. I think it was nothing more than that, uh, frankly, because the man's actions already are the opposite. Um, so he's not draining the swamp. He's actually in the swamp. He just literally within the last hour or two announced Brian Priebus as his chief of staff. Um, you can't get much more in the swamp than the chairman of the Republican Party, right? Uh, and then you start looking at his list. Um, I mean, his transition team has lobbyists on it, has a lot of Washington insiders. I've been in this city, as you mentioned in your introduction, and you were very kind with your introduction, by the way. Thank you. But, you know, listen, I've been inside this business for a long time. These are people I've been dealing with and working with for the last, you know, 25 years. So, you know, I think, unfortunately, he misled his supporters, right, um, to say he was going to drain the swamp. He's swimming in the swamp right now and shows no signs of draining the swamp. Uh, you know, he's meeting with, Ryan, with Paul Ryan and so on and so forth. Look, we need him to succeed. Let me make that clear. I'm one of the few Democrats you're going to hear be this pragmatic. Uh, I also think. Uh, and I intend on posting this this week in social media. But I think these types of elections, and these, when you lose like we've lost, it's not only a chance to reflect and be introspective about what, how they might have won, but we need to ask ourselves as Democrats, why did we lose? Uh, because I refuse to believe that all of Mr. Trump's supporters are racist. I know for a fact that they're not because there are people that I love and respect and admire who voted for him. I think we as Democrats have to acknowledge and own the fact that there was an anti-Hillary component to some of his supporters, in fact, a large number. So, you know, there are a lot of factors. Mr. Comey's letter, uh, 14 or 12 or 13 days before the election, that threw a huge um, dynamic into this. Um, the, then, the, then the clarification two or three days before, and the WikiLeaks, and there are about 10 or 12 reasons this probably transpired the way it did. But to act like the campaign leadership just did this week in Politico, um, saying that they had no responsibility for the loss and that it was they blamed everybody else and everything else, in my eyes, is absolutely absurd. We have to take time right now as a Democratic Party to, to look deep into our souls and find out how did we not resonate with that those rust felt white working class people. Well, you provide yeah. a fantastic perspective. Once again, we're chatting with Mo Villa, a lawyer, government advisor, and Hispanic leader. In fact, Mo was named by the National Journal as one of the top 100 Hispanics and 300 top decision makers in the United States. And uh, in full disclosure, Mo and I uh, do a great deal of work together uh, through uh, the Vela Group, a global business development firm based in D.C., and the first Hispanic to serve in two senior executive roles in the White House, first during the Clinton administration and then in the uh, in the office of uh, of Vice President Joe Biden. So your perspective in, uh, is, is very, very much appreciated. And I will, I'll go back to the election in a moment. But you actually have written a book and it is a 
a uh, I've, I've seen a little sneak peek and it's pretty pretty fantastic little secret big oh. dreams um i think this is a book that hopefully our listeners will be able to to read about the days uh past as they as the as we drift into the trump administration any uh tidbits of information that you can share with our listeners and of course how can people find the book online thank you so much for for you know talking about my book i really appreciate that it means a lot to me and um, you know, I, it's called Little Secrets, Big Dreams, like you said. Um, and, you know, I, it's, it's about, um, it starts with the premise of equality and love and the fact that every human being, regardless of the color of their skin or the God they worship or where they come from or their socioeconomic status or any, any dynamic, regardless, everybody's worthy of uh, of a seat at the table of life is how I say it. So I, I, I track my life growing up as a Latino Catholic in deep South Texas, in the Texas cowboy mentality, in the Latino machismo culture, uh, tr- cultural tradition, uh, and being told at Mass on Sunday that I couldn't be who God made me. Um, so it tracks my life through the process of self-acceptance and self-love uh, only to result in making a little bit of American history, as you pointed out, and getting to walk the walls, uh, excuse me, yes, so walk the hallways, not the walls, uh, walk the hallways of the White House twice, right, with two vice presidents. And, um, and, and I, you know, I get to take the reader on an incredible journey that, frankly, I'm very humbled by the opportunity because so few people have had the chance, right? Amazing. Little Secret Big you know, Dreams. You could find yeah. it on, on Amazon, I know, Amazon. And, and pre-order. Yes, and it actually is released on Tuesday, so um, today's the 13th, yeah, on the 15th. So uh, you can order it on Amazon.com, Little Secret Big Dreams, and I'm, I'm so grateful to you for giving me the chance to speak to your audience a little bit about it. Oh, and we'll continue that discussion. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great perspective as we move into a very different administration, and uh, a, your story is a remarkable one. And believe it or not, we only have 20 seconds remaining, so I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question. If, and it's a big if, if President-elect Trump would ask you for some advice, what would be your one-sentence uh, answer to him? I would, I would advise him something very simply, and that is that I think he should govern from a place of love and equality and inclusion. Um, he campaigned on the absolute opposite. If he can get rid of the hatred, the vitriol, the division, and, the, and, and, and dividing people, and he can govern from a place of love and inclusion and equality, there you that have would it. be the advice I would give him. There you have it. We appreciate it. Once again, Mo Vela, the author of Little Secret Big Dreams and the CEO of The Vela Group, thevelagroup.com. Check him out. Um, Mo, my, my good friend, thank you so much for joining us. We'll check back in with you to talk about the book. Thank you, Shalom. Absolutely. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about the real estate market's reaction to the recent election with Esther Kapitansky. You don't want to miss it. Back on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I'm thrilled to be joined by my returning guest, Esther Kapitansky of Caldwell Banker. Um, Esther, thank you so much for joining us on the program. You may have heard that there uh, there was a little bit of an election this past week with some pretty shocking results. Uh, Esther, thanks for joining us to discuss it. Thank you, Sam, for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, Esther, um, the I, I know you are... Uh, 
one of the top uh, real estate re- realtors in the uh, on the North Shore. And uh, surely you've been talking with many of your clients uh, about the uh, about the consequences of of the election. And curious what people are saying and what uh, what you expect over the coming uh, months ahead um, from the president elect uh, that will affect the market. And what are people saying? Well, you know, the day after the election, we all kind of convened in our offices and we weren't sure what to expect, whether we were going to be inundated with phone calls of people wanting to sell their houses because people wanted to leave America and move to Canada (laughs) or overseas. So we were prepared to have, you know, a tremendous turnout of people calling us to to list their homes. But I guess that didn't happen. Um, Just the way, you know, we have to take this and say, you know what, we're we're here, we're going to work with this new president. Um, we're going to take what he dishes out, and we're going to go with it. I think the market, the real estate market, I think it's going to do okay. I think because he's a real estate magnet himself, I think that you know real estate is is going to hold true and, and hold fast. And I think that if you're in the market to purchase a home in the near future, you should do so because I do believe the interest rates will go up. I mean, that is the speculation for this new government is that the rates will be increased. Not, not. I mean, we're still historically very, very low. So even if they, they move up a bit, we're still in good shape. And and uh, President-elect Trump, uh, as a candidate, uh, frequently criticized the uh, the Fed for not increasing rates. In fact, he, he, he accused uh, the Fed chair, Janet Yellen, of actually being in cahoots with the Clinton campaign uh, to uh, to to basically uh, ensure that uh, that the economy would would stay a certain way to benefit the uh, the Clinton campaign. Whether that's true or not, you're probably right that that likely interest rates will go up. Although yeah. it is at historically low rates right now, so uh, likely we won't see anything dramatic. But I, I want to uh, take a, a little bit of a different approach over here. As you mentioned, uh, Trump is a real estate magnet, um, and he's focused a lot of his conversation about. Uh, about different things that he'll do to help the economy. Uh, he is a businessman, uh, first uh, first president-elect with absolutely no government experience at all. All of his experience has been in business. What do you think the impact on the business community of Chicago will be? And in effect, uh, the uh, we're talking about real estate over here. When business does well in a in a municipality. Often it results in people coming and 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 changes in the real estate market. What do you what what do you anticipate? Well, I think if he creates jobs and people feel secure with their jobs and their incomes, and they can actually earn a higher income than the year before, I think we're going to see those people who have been on the fence and not willing to move out of their homes to let's say a larger home. You know, the the move out, the move up, we haven't seen in a while. People have been just status quo, and the the inventory is down because of that fact. So I think that if the job, you know, business increases and people feel good about business and jobs are being created, I think we will see a a growth in the real estate, Um, you know, that people will feel more secure and there will be more people in the market looking for homes. Fascinating. Fascinating perspective. Once again, we're chatting with Esther Kapitansky of Caldwell Banker and uh, thrills to have your perspective on 
our program. And of course, we'll make sure that our listeners have uh, the opportunity to get in touch with you to both to continue the discussion as well as talk about uh, talk about their own real estate needs. But Esther, I, it's November 13th. I think all of our listeners deserve a break from the election. And in fact, many people before the election were planning on listing their home. Uh, it's starting to get chilly outside, which is a sign that winter and the holidays are coming. Um, what what do we usually see in in the fall and winter season? And when do you uh, when when are most people starting to list their homes? Well, the benefit of the fact that the weather here in Chicago has been incredible, um, I think that people should take advantage of listing their properties now. We don't know what next month will bring. We know the holidays are coming. The general rule of thumb is if you are in the market to put your house listed with the broker. Um, you probably want to wait till after the new year, after the holidays, because um, the, the turnout for the most buyers out there will be after, obviously, the holidays um, and generally after Super Bowl Sunday. So if you are in the market to list your home, um, you should definitely be thinking about that now and getting it ready and, you know, finding tips to improve your home in order to put it on the market for sale and as far as buyers, I, buyers are out there. Buyers can get some really great deals right now. I've just sold a number of houses in the area and uh, in the area that I work, and they've gotten them for really, really good prices, um, I think, because there is no inventory. And then when there is a buyer that's interested in your property, it's the end of the season, and they're ready to move it. So get out there now if you are a buyer. Take advantage of the great weather out there. Go looking for some deals that could be found. I think in the springtime, the price. We uh, we may have lost Esther over here. Uh, Esther, are you still with us? I'm still with you. Okay, fantastic. So, uh, Esther, a question that I get quite a bit uh, is uh, regarding actually buyers that are starting to contemplate uh, perhaps a move. And uh, as you indicated before, likely not a move despite many of the threats that were made to move out of the country, to move across the border to the north. Um, but but actually people moving for business reasons, for professional reasons. What, is there a, a certain sort of checklist or, or thought process that you recommend uh, that our listeners should consider either as they contemplate selling their home? Is there things that you mentioned tips to start getting their home ready? And alternatively, on the buying side, how how do you figure out what you should be looking for and and I guess that's uh, I guess that that's why you should be talking to somebody like an Esther Kapitansky, uh, right, a broker right, right. that that can probably advise in the process. But what what sort of tidbits can you offer to our listeners? Well, I think that when you're ready to go list your house, you've obviously been doing some homework on the internet, and you're looking at different agencies and different uh, realtors that you want to possibly go with. I think that the the educated consumer, I think that they come with a lot of knowledge today because they're not just uh, starting from square one. They're really, they really have some knowledge and some information that they've gathered. So when they finally meet me, they kind of know what they're looking for. I'm here really to guide them through the whole process. Um, but the same with selling and buying. I think that people too, are, they're educated. The consumer is educated in real estate today. So I think what they do is when they finally meet me, I meet, I go over to the house and I take a look at their property and I can give them tips that make, to enhance the, the saleability of it. And people ask, do I want to redo a room? Do I want to, you know, redo a kitchen or a bathroom? Do I have to put new carpeting, hardwood floors? You know, so all these little things that they're not sure about. That's where we come into play as the as the real estate agent, and and helping with you know what needs to be done and what can not be done in order to put the house on the sale uh, on the market. That's great. Once again, we're chatting with Esther Kapitansky, 
uh, one of our top uh, real, realtors, real estate brokers in the uh, North Shore and beyond. Appreciate your perspective uh, about the uh, recent election. And uh, certainly we, we, we are looking forward to hopefully good things for the market. Hopefully we'll uh, see uh, positive uh, growth. Uh, despite likely, as you mentioned, uh, interest rates going up, uh, this is a good time to start talking with Esther and, and talking to other to other realtors. Esther, how can people get a hold of you if they want to uh, talk about buying or selling uh, in the market right yeah. now? Absolutely. They can get, um, I'm at the Causal Banker Residential Brokerage in Evanston. Um, I, I have an email of esther.capitansky at cbexchange.com or my phone number, my, my cell phone number, I'm always reachable, is 847-778-5345. Um, so all those uh, possibilities, you know, of reaching me are there. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate your perspective. Once again, Esther Kapitansky uh, at Coldwell Banker, thank you for sharing uh, your insights and advice. As always, on Get Down to Business, we'll be sure to check back in with you again real soon. Absolutely. Well, coming up, we're actually going to continue the discussion a little bit about about the real estate market. Actually, uh, it's it's fascinating to note that uh, statistics indicate that homeowners stay with their employers far longer than renters. And we'll be chatting with Justin Lopatin of Pearl Mortgage coming up after the break. But remember, Get Down to Business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online at TandemHR.com. Uh, TandemHR.com, your source for many resources on uh, bringing on a PEO, a professional uh, employer uh, organization uh, that can help you with so many hiring decisions. They provide a free consultation to any Chicagoland employer. So give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510, or check out their website, which is a wealth of information, uh, TandemHR.com. As always, get on my website, ShalomKlein.com where you can download podcasts, past episodes of this program. Get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We're powered by Tandem HR. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I am thrilled to be joined by my good friend, Justin Lopatin, VP of Residential Lending at Pearl Mortgage. Justin, welcome to the program. All right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, you shared an interesting statistic with me. Uh, that homeowners stay with their employers far longer than renters. And with rising rental costs in Chicago, that seems like a no-brainer. It's time to buy for a lot of people. Justin, share with us uh, what you've been discovering in the business community. Absolutely. So we have certainly determined um, through research that once someone buys a home, you know, due to the uh, culmination of, of, you know, events like um, – Obviously, a higher overhead. Um, I'm sorry. So, they're 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 generally going to be psychologically rooted in the community. They're going to have that mortgage payment, um, which they obviously are going to need to pay, and therefore they they're they're going to approach their job with a different mentality. So, in general, um, we do see those that uh, uh, buy homes end up staying with their employers far longer um, because of that commitment. It's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And companies are always trying to retain top talent and avoid employee turnover. It's very costly. And uh, certainly everybody's trying to find whatever creative incentives they could provide to employees. So uh, once again, Justin Lopatin, of, uh, the VP of uh, Residential Lending at, at Pearl Mortgage, uh, explaining to us that homeowners stay with their employers far longer than renters. 
Uh, Justin, you've been out there in the market talking to the business community about how to encourage home ownership. Tell us a little bit about um, the outreach that, you, that you've been doing and what's your message to uh, to Chicagoland's companies about how you can be a resource to them. Yeah, absolutely. So what we've been doing is um, a lot of companies locally have different variety of ways to, uh, you know, whether it's a wellness program or an enrichment program, they want to add value and educate their employees, whether it's, you know, through things like nutrition, uh, sometimes they'll have financial advisors. And what we've realized, not just in companies, but in general, most people don't learn about real estate, nor do they learn about how to buy a home and how to navigate through getting a mortgage. So what we've done is we've created a no-cost benefit for employers where we'll come in, whether it's during a breakfast, a lunch, or even in the evening, um, we'll come in and we'll speak to the staff about um, the general process, uh, about the real estate market, about kind of what to expect. Um, we'll, We'll share some information about renting numbers versus owning numbers, and just give people an overview uh, because there's such a big gap between perception and reality. The perception is you still need perfect credit with 20% down, um, you know, and 10 years at your job. And the reality is quite the contrary. So our, our, our goal is to educate as many people as we can uh, because real estate does stimulate the economy. It does help employers retain their top talent. And, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of additional pros that, that come along with it. So, Justin, uh Many, I, I believe, are of the uh, are of the perspective that they may not be uh, ready for home ownership. They may not have enough saved for a down payment. They may just not be in the place where where they're uh, where they're ready to make that next step. What's your response to them? Um, what I would tell people is, generally speaking. Um, there's a lot of information out there that most are unfamiliar with, and the media doesn't always do a great job of um, providing the specific details because there's just so much smoke and mirrors in, in, in the mortgage industry in general. And relatively speaking, you know, the past has, has been pretty negative, especially after the housing crisis. So what I would tell people is uh, I, I strongly encourage to ask questions, to go see your, your, your local bank, um, go talk to a lender like myself, and just get educated. Um, you should not have to pay a cost to, to, to get pre-approved. So most banks and most lenders um, will pre-approve you at no cost. And what, what, what I advise my clients, when I work with financial advisors and CPAs, um, and their clients are coming to them asking for advice, I tell people, whether you're six months out, a year out, or 18 months out, speak with a lender, understand your income, understand your credit, understand your, your savings, and how that uh, relates to the process. And the further out, the better, because if you're not in position to buy, um, you can work on the specific factors that will, that will increase your chances of being a successful homeowner, and you'll get some education. I think the biggest problem is people don't know where to get that education, and you can't just get it online. You can't just get it from, you know, Uncle Bob at the uh, Thanksgiving table. <laughs> You have to do some research with a and, and speak with a professional. Justin Lopatin, VP of Residential Lending at Pearl Mortgage. We appreciate you coming on the program. So uh, obviously, uh, individuals can contact you if they're ready to take that next step. But really important is uh, it sounds like you have a fantastic program for employers to, at no cost to them, come in and help educate both the companies and the HR managers and the and the executives, but also to provide resources to uh, to their employees. 
Uh, Justin, how can people uh, get a hold of you if they want to get something scheduled and get it on the books? Absolutely. The best way is just contact me via phone. It's my, my direct line is 312-376-2209. Um, that's 312-376-2209. Or via email. It's my first initial, J, followed by my last name, L-O-P-A-T-I-N, at Pearl, P-E-R-L, mortgage, M-O-R-T-G-A-G-E dot com. Um, and I'd be happy to speak with anyone about their personal needs or from a corporate standpoint, um, coming in and speaking to your company and just sharing some, some knowledge about that process. Fantastic. Justin of Pearl Mortgage, as always, we appreciate you coming on the program. We'll check back in with you about this fantastic program over the coming weeks. Uh, coming up, we've got a uh, best-selling author uh, who has some great tips for us. As promised, I'm thrilled to be joined on Get Down to Business with best-selling author, speaker, trainer, and motivator, Elizabeth Calandrino. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business this evening. Well, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So you've been an entrepreneur since the age of six, and ever since then, uh, likely at beginning at age seven, um, just a few years ago, you have been helping companies improve their customer experience and offering business strategies. Uh, tell us your story. How did you end up doing what you're doing? <laughs> well, you know, I, I go back and I'm looking at other people's journeys. And, you know, I grew up with parents that were not terribly educated. My mother, my mother actually started going to college, and she dropped out because she thought my grandfather couldn't afford it. And my father, he had to go on past the fourth grade. Now, my aunts and my uncles were all pretty much in the same boat. They were uh, all from Italy, uh, no education to speak of, but they had, they had these dreams, and nothing was too difficult for my father because, I mean, he had to try everything that he knew in order to make a living. And as a kid, I was, you know, privileged enough, I really call it privileged enough, to be able to spend a lot of time with him and he was very kind to me and very interested in me, I guess, as a, as a, as a grown-up. I mean, he would ask me questions about how should we treat customers when I was like seven and eight. Amazing. What if, yeah, amazing. Like if he broke something in a customer's house, he was a builder, what would we do? And I'd say, well, we would fix it. And he would say, well, those are the right things to do. And so I think I grew up as a young kid with a lot of you know, a, a lot of interest and a lot of good ideas. And this is one thing I'll never forget. My dad and I used to spend, at the end of the summer, five days together alone. Now, and that was because um, it had to do with my father. We had houses that we rented. And so the people that were in our houses for the summer didn't move out until after school started. So I, my mother would stay with my grandparents and I would go with my dad. And we would get to do things that, we never did with my mother. Like, we could have Coca-Cola, we could have potato chips. But the one thing we did is we went out for dinner every night. Now, I was fascinated by the prices on the menu and the number of chairs. And somewhere <laughs> I said to my dad, hey, look, Dad, there's like 50 chairs in here, and this is what things cost. How, how much do they have to do in order to make money? So you have that entrepreneurial money. perspective from a very young age, uh, which yeah. is interesting. And and Liz, one of the things that that I've that I've noticed from uh, from from going through your website, uh, first of all, you you truly are an entrepreneur and involved in so many different businesses. Uh, but most importantly for our listeners, 
you know, the the business community from Chicago and beyond. Everybody's trying to stand out and everybody's trying to become a better professional. Of course, we'll share those tips and you've got a fantastic blog on your website. But uh, uh, one of your recent uh, articles that you wrote is particularly interesting to me. You wrote uh, the, the, the topic of seven ways to stop procrastinating. And it's very interesting because all professionals, we're all busy, but sometimes we feel that that one day is perhaps more productive than than others. Uh, Liz, I I know you can't give all of your secret sauce uh, away just in our in our brief conversation. But what's the one tip that you want our listeners to take with them in the working week ahead? Well, here's the thing. If you're really focused and in fact, people say, what is wrong with you? You know, when you have time off, you're like reading a book or you're online and you're trying to figure out something else. And I think as entrepreneurs or people that want to build some kind of an entrepreneurial presence, we really have to be careful of other people. I have to tell you this story because a friend of mine the other day, she didn't go to work. And I said to her, oh, how come you're not going to work? Because I know if she doesn't go, she doesn't get paid. And she says, I have a pain in my arm. And I said, what, what, what happened about paying your arm? Oh, she said, I got a flu shot. I said, well, you don't use a bulldozer for goodness sake. You know, what's the problem? And she said, oh, that's why I don't ever want to talk to you about stuff. And I thought to myself, you know, I'd be going to work. You know, they could have dropped the bulldozer <laughs> on me, right? And I would have gone to work. And I was telling my friends at the gym today, and she said to me, well, what's wrong with her? And I said, well, I don't know. She said, well, that's why I like to come to the gym, because people are tuckier, and they want to get things done. I think you kind of have to, like, decide what you want. And, you know, everybody else around you has really decided what they want. But we get caught up because, you know, we need approval. We all need some kind of approval. We want people to love us. You know, so we make a lot of, you know, we make a lot of changes for people. And you know what? You can't do it. I have a friend with a physician, and he's still at it. And he's like 50 years old, and he's had good job. He's a symphony uh, trombone player. And in an orchestra, I think there's only one or two. There's only one trombone player with what he plays. So he gets some jobs, some he doesn't, but nothing gets in his way. You know what? That's the attitude that, that all entrepreneurs and all professionals need to have, and that's the attitude of, Elizabeth Calandrino, um, we're, we're just thrilled to have you on the program, and, and I know you've written a lot. You've got a fantastic blog on your website. You've got books. You've, you've got a number of uh, public speaking that you've done. I want to make sure our listeners can find you in our uh, 30 seconds remaining. Uh, Liz, I, I know you've got a complicated name to spell. How can our listeners find you online? I'm sorry. Say that again. How can our listeners find you online if they want to learn more about your writings and, your, and, and uh, the work that you do? Well, my website, you know, my first name is easy. It's Lizbeth, L-I-S-B-E-T-H. And as far as I know, there's only two other people on Facebook with that name. And Calandrino, C-A-L-A-N-D-R-I-N-O. And if they just put that in their browser, you know, something is certainly sure to come up about me. You know, like you said, I have been writing blogs since 2006 when my world really changed. Uh, it just wasn't as profitable as it used to be. So I had to change myself. So. Well, you've been doing a fantastic job, and we're just thrilled to have you here on Get Down to Business. We'll follow up with you uh, as you uh, continue to share your fantastic resources for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Elizabeth Calandrino, thank you so much for joining us. Check her out online. Coming up, I'm going to talk about seven ways that you can keep unemployment claims under control. Some tips from Tandem HR coming up for you right after this quick break. 
Now it's time for your business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. The federal state unemployment insurance program provides financial aid to eligible workers who are unemployed through no fault of their own, and that is determined by state law. And businesses pay for that unemployment insurance to cover the cost of this benefit, and annual rates vary depending on past unemployment claims against the business. Laws do vary from state to state, and generally employees that quit are not eligible for these benefits, although those that are fired are eligible. Fired employees may not be eligible if they're dismissed for misconduct involving disregard of the employer's interest, deliberate violation of company rules, failure to meet some expectations of behavior, or wrongful intent. And as always, you know, we're not going to uh, educate you completely on the law's through this program, but you should look up the laws here in the state of Illinois. It's pretty complex. And there are many factors that influence a legitimate unemployment claim, but one thing is for certain that when multiple claims are made against your business, your unemployment tax rates can skyrocket. So I want to share with you real quick seven things that your business can do to proactively protect your unemployment rates because they can get pretty expensive by controlling unemployment claims. You want to fight unemployment claims that are unreasonable within the time specified. Meeting deadlines is extremely important when submitting information to the unemployment office. The state will often favor a claimant when a representative from your company misses a hearing date or does not adhere to a deadline. In order to determine which unemployment claims are legitimate, you'll have to educate your management staff on state and federal laws regarding unemployment claims. You want to communicate that process for responding to claims to all managers. Identify somebody within the company that to whom everybody can direct questions. Um, responding to unemployment claims, it's it's not a fun process. You might have to have witnesses and there's hearings. It's no fun, but you need to have a, a process and a system in place. You want to publicize your company's policies. You can only prove that a company, that an employee has broken a rule if it's clear that the employee has been made aware of and understands the rules. And you want to document misconduct. It's the employer's obligation to prove misconduct occurred. So you want to work with your HR team to ensure that all managers are indeed keeping records uh, and uh, and make sure that everything is well documented. And be consistent when enforcing policies. You'll have a difficult time convincing the state that an employee engaged in serious misconduct if another employee exhibited the same behavior without consequence. And inform all of your employees that termination could be a consequence of certain behaviors if the employee knows that the company rules and consequences but chooses to act anyway uh, deliberately, and uh, you could prove that this that there was a violation or disregard, and you want to terminate the employee that may have violated those rules within a reasonable time frame. If a significant amount of time passes between the misconduct and, termina- and termination, it could be perceived that the misconduct was not the true reason for the termination. Putting these measures in place, these seven tips that I just shared with you, will make fighting illegitimate unemployment claims less difficult and will help protect your company's unemployment insurance rates. And if your business does not have an HR expert on staff, consider a partnership with a PEO, a professional employer organization like Tandem HR. Tandem HR is a Chicago area PEO that assists hundreds of small and mid-sized businesses with the unemployment claims process, as well as other areas of employee relations. They also help clients save time and money while growing their business by taking on the administrative tasks associated with human resources, benefits, payroll, tax administration, regulatory compliance, and risk management. That's a mouthful. And indeed, when you go into business, those are the things that you need to be involved in and take into consideration. That's why you want to talk to a professional at Tandem HR. Give them a call, 630 9280510, 630 9280510. 
or visit their website, tandemhr.com, tandemhr.com. That's where uh, there's a fantastic blog with so much fantastic information. You don't want to miss it. Um, get educated as a business owner. You need that information. What a jam-packed lineup of guests we had. Mo Vela, former deputy chief of staff to both Vice Presidents Biden and Gore, uh, talk to, talking to us sort of doing a election debrief with our listeners, Esther Kapitansky of Coldwell Banker, Justin Lopatin of Pearl Mortgage and Elizabeth Calandrino, a best-selling author and speaker. A fantastic lineup of guests. You could always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website and you get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We are powered by Tandem HR. Check them out, tandemhr.com. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.